0: this episode of Shoes Views, the final episode of the Powerhouse Series will go down with Bret Hart Jr. You're not going to want to miss it. As for me, I'll hit up the Kevin Durant injury and the impact it has on not only the NBA, but in all sports. The coaching update, a draft review, of course, big shout out to the Toronto Raptors are now clinching the NBA Finals, and I want to talk all about that game, and of course, Shoes Zone, not want to hit up a whole bunch of topics that the media did not hit up enough about. So, stay tuned and get ready for a great episode. Episode 19 is on its way now.
1: What's going on, everyone? I hope that
0: everyone's had a great week so far. It's been a very blessed one, and of course, it's been an unforgettable one. But with that being said, I cannot wait to get into this episode today there's some big time things that, well, you just have to wait to find out. But I think it's time that I introduce myself. I'm your host, Zach Shoes Shoemaker, and I'm currently in Miami, Florida. And I'm excited to watch some amazing basketball next weekend with the North Coast Blue Chips Tournament. It's going to be incredible to see what they got to show this weekend. With that being said, though, this is indeed the final week of the Powerhouse Hoop series, and I couldn't be more excited and happy to be joined by Powerhouse Prep, Commit, and Transfer, and also Powerhouse Hoop star Bret Hart Jr. Well, the first topic we're going to get into today, though, is to do with a league-altering decision and a factor that might cost the NBA and sports and all. So, with that being said, let's get right into it. Wow. I'm still in shock, and I'm upset. Yes, there's a lot of different opinions and stuff if you watch all every sports channel right now is talking about, of course, the Kevin Durant injury. In my opinion, this was a league altering this injury and occurrence that occurred this past week. This might have been one of the biggest occurrences in not only sports, and for sure the NBA history, but possibly in all sports history. This will hurt the NBA tr- tremendously if, indeed, Kevin Durant would just not return to be himself or anywhere near himself. I don't even know what to say about this, folks. This is horrible. We saw it go down, and we know he shouldn't have played. We knew he was hurt. In all honesty, I told you guys, I thought we weren't going to see him in the Warriors jersey unless they were down 3-1 and what indeed happened, he came back. I seem to be predicting a lot of things right like that, but it is what it is. I am not fond of him coming back. Yes, it was great to see him. I think he could have cemented himself as getting ready to go into the GOAT conversation by doing this comeback and possibly winning. But he risked his his entire main potential and his prime. There's a lot to talk about this. And in no way am I doubting Kevin Durant. But it'll be very, very hard and challenging to come back from. This is a list of players that have tore their Achilles and how it turned out. There's only been one player to date, and that's Dominic Wilkins, that's been able to come back and play at a good level. Elgin Brand had to retire shortly after. Chauncey Billups, also. Kobe Bryant was never the same as we know he tore his Achilles in the playoff game the first round against the Warriors. Wesley Matthews, he has not been the same, Rudy Gay is still coming back, we'll see what happens, but he he's, has a, he, he's missing almost every other game, for not almost the majority of the season this past, shoot, past two years for the San Antonio Spurs, and of course his teammate DeMarcus Billy Cousins, which we all know he's not himself yet, now it could be because he's on a smaller role, but we're not sure yet. Now there's another thing I am this worried about, if you guys remember back a couple years ago, in the 14-15 season, Kevin Durant also hurt himself in the right foot, he had a Jones fracture in the right foot, which caused him to miss the majority of that season. His right foot is just, we have always known he's a skinnier kind of guy. But it's not looking good, folks. As Max Kellerman pointed out today on first take, but then Stephen A. backed it up, also saying that there's two different things, but the Achilles and the calf are, based, are they, they're connected to each other. And we all saw when it first happened that it had, we, everyone thought it was Achilles. The original time. But apparently it wasn't, but apparently it was a calf strain that should only have lasted supposedly 10 days. That clearly was not the case. It was way worse than the grade 1 calf strain. My opinion is this. Now, I don't want to go around accusing people. The Warriors are obviously a great organization. They're phenomenal. They're champions. But looking at this. In my opinion, I don't believe that the doctors were accurate. Now, yes, maybe. Yes, he also had his own doctors. But as Max Kalman and Stephen A. both pointed out as well. Incentives can truly make a person change. And have might been the reason why he started playing? I'm not sure. But all I know is that Kevin Durant should not have been on that court. It's it's very disheartening. According to some people, Yahoo Sports has said, Durant was not anywhere close to being fully recovered, despite being cleared for Game 4. There's not much else to say about that, folks. I mean, it's upsetting. It's really disheartening. I understand this, and yes, I understand people keep saying, well, Yes, there's the money aspect, and you never necessarily play with that money, but you always want to have the competitive drive, and you want to play. Understand that the team has to have better boundaries. Kendrick Perkins was also on first take. He's talked about this. A lot of players have. If you're going to go in there, an organization needs to be firm, set boundaries in terms of who's playing, who's not playing. You can't just be. You just can't just do it for yourself. You need to set firm boundaries that you're not playing. That's what you got to do. Because Kevin Durant should not have been playing, this, should not have been pressuring him, because I know that Kevin Durant was pressured indeed. Bob Myers' press conference after the game should sort have of sold out to everyone. If you didn't know it was an Achilles, that certainly told you it was serious. Obviously, he was choked up, crying, and he said, to, if anything, you can go blame him. I love Bob Myers. One of the best general managers in the entire NBA. But a super team. But one of the greatest teams ever. But in my opinion, I will blame him. I'll blame him, I'll blame the doctors. Because this Warriors team, I'm sorry. The amount of injuries that's on this team is unacceptable. This is the worst one I've ever seen. I've never seen a team this beat up. Pretty much everyone has at least missed one game where he's playing through an injury, besides Devin Curry and Jermon Green. This is embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Something needs to be fixed, fixed inside of the locker room of the team doctors because it's bad. As like I said, this will affect the next decade. This is a league-altering decision because think about this. He was going to be the face of the 20s. The next decade. He was the face of that. And yes, he might still be able to start it off. But I don't know to what level. And will he really become acceptable to have been more of them? I'm not sure. But it's not looking good, guys. I'm not sure what's going to happen. This is going to alter everything. He, I believe that Kevin Durant... There's always this kind of play you see in the finals for so many consecutive years. Obviously, LeBron had the most incredible one. One of the most incredible, I should say. Bill Russell also did it. But you got LeBron. You had Kobe do it. You've had MJ do it. You've had Magic and Kareem. You've had back of Bill Russell. You've had you've had all these guys do it. This guy that's gonna be in the finals for so many years and now is Kevin Durant. In my opinion, whoever had Kevin Durant for the next four or five years would be in the NBA Finals. That's how special Kevin Durant was. As I said before, he had the chance to become the greatest player of all time, and this will probably set him away from that. Now listen, I need to make sure this is clear, guys. Kevin Durant is one of the best players. He is the best player in the NBA, and I have all respect and love for Kevin Durant. He's a great person. Great human being. This back to the community and everything, but I'm not doubting him one bit. I know he's gonna work out, I know he's gonna work as hard as he's gonna push himself. But this is an injury that's so challenging to come back from. It truly is, it truly is. It's upsetting, absolutely upsetting. But there's also other things coming in hand with that. Now, as we know, it's a ruptured Achilles. He'll have his, sur- his surgery was successful according to his post, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. The good news is that, I'm not surprised, but teams are still, executives have now talked about it, saying, multiple NBA executives believe that they do not believe that the injury will impact Kevin Durant's agency outlook whatsoever. I don't think he's starting to get the super max from going to stay. I think he'll get that max from other teams. I'm not worried about that one bit. Not one bit at all you don't have to wait at least one year maybe two and we'll see kevin durant reportedly said from wo. what's reportedly said that kevin durant's last resort will be opting into the warriors contract right now as some teams said that might be the occurrence there's three teams that currently have interest in kevin durant according to espn i believe that brooklyn still would love to acquire him and still are under the radar and will probably try doing it i truly do believe that i really think that kevin durant will end up going to the brooklyn nets as we know now carrie Irving's the done He will be in brooklyn I'm calling it right now. i called it for a couple weeks now. Actually, from I, I, I actually was saying this a year ago before you had the podcast. Kyrie Irving will be go, going to the Brooklyn Nets this summer. It's a done deal. We can get all the details about him going with Rock Nation, Jay-Z, but he is a member of Brooklyn, and I think Kevin Irving will be joining him, waiting a year, and mentoring. I think he's going to be insane, because yes, he won't be in the NBA Finals. I understand that. He won't be playing. But his leadership and his mentorship on the sideline, for Karis DeVere especially, but along with the rest of those guys, will be tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. It was something special. Now that's something I need to get into right now. And that has to do with the fans. Are you kidding me? I was upset. And that's why, I honestly, I've almost turned to the bias side of rooting for the Warriors. Because these fans and I feel bad. Because not all Toronto fans are bad, no. there's always a small group, or in this case, it was a pretty large group that ruins it for everyone. I don't care what you want to say. If you guys are in the emotions of the game. If you guys are just feeling it. Whatever it may be. How do you... Th- once that injury occurs, the game of basketball stops. This is beyond basketball. An injury is way beyond basketball. This is about a person's life. And yes, people can keep going on just talking about the money thing and saying, Well, he's still money. He doesn't need a super max or the max or whatever. No. This is a sport, as his mom's talks about, that he loves. It's got him out of the way he grew up in. And this is something he loves. And this is something that's his life. And he's going to cause a man in pain. It's not about the sports. It's about winning championship. This is bigger than that. And for those fans to be cheering when he got hurt and was down in pain, and when he's in tremendous pain, putting his hand up and in tremendous pain, went walked off and cheering for him, cheering that he got hurt. The guys are people were mocking him along the sidelines. That is absolutely the most most ashamed thing I've ever seen from a fan. Like they should be absolutely embarrassed. I yes, they might be having that little GoFundMe that's not even raising that much money. Stop. Nothing's replaced in this image until for a very long time. Nothing whatsoever. When you have to have your two star players in Kyle Lowry and Sergio Baca I have to go tell you guys to tell fans to stop, that's just embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. The fans that they can officially prove, because I realize, you don't know, maybe guys are just talking, maybe they're chat- clapping about laughing, who knows. But people that can specifically prove it, that one man right beside Kevin Durant that was clapping and mocking him, should be banned from the NBA. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm still aware i not banned him yet. That is upset. That upsets me a lot. Absolutely upsets me. It's it's horrendous. And when Boogie said that was trash, a lot of players cussed it out. I'm not gonna say those words, but if you guys saw the lord You guys saw what they said. And I, I defend it. There's an acceptable time to cuss and be upset with, and that is one of them. That was just that was uh, that was horrible. Absolutely an embarrassment. Absolutely an embarrassment. And I'll be honest right now. I can't believe I'm saying this, and I'm glad in the way that they didn't do it. I, I'm glad they didn't do it. I would personally would not do it. But per se, Draymond Green or Demarcus Cousins would have hit that fan that was mocking Kevin Durant right beside KD as he was in pain and he was laughing and mocking him. If they would have shoved him, punched him or something, I would not have been upset. Would not have. Yes, it's not like me at all. I understand that. And would I do it? No. And am I glad it didn't happen? Yes. But in this case scenario, if that would have occurred, I would have defended that because that was absolutely atrocious, and that fan should have been woken up. I don't know what got into that man, but that was absolutely—he sh- should be ashamed for the rest of his life. That is embarrassment that I am still in shock to see happen. What a disgrace to see that happen! I mean, are you kidding me? Wow, wow—that's all I can say. Absolutely shocking that that occurred. I cannot believe that still happened. With that being said, though. I wish Kevin Durant the best of luck. And I hope wherever he goes, it's the best place for him and he can truly rehab. Because if you guys notice also, he's not having. Nothing, Golden State didn't do anything about this injury. He went right to New York and the surgeons operated on him in New York. New York, Nothing had to do with anything about Golden State. So I think that's once again a sign that he did not want to be there anymore. Now, yes, I understand Katie loves his teammates. Katie loves the city. Katie loves all that. But this is not where he wants to be. It's just not. So now Kevin Durant's home for the future, this is not where Kevin Durant will be playing, he will be on the move this summer, I almost guarantee it. You did see him officially the last time playing in the Golden State Warriors jersey. It is what it is, but I wish Kevin Durant the very best of luck and it is just hurtful to see happen. Absolutely a shame and I hope he's all the better comes to him because I am upset right now. Coming up next, special guest of the week, Brett Hart Jr. comes on to finish up and wrap up this incredible powerhouse series as he's going to hit up and discuss why he decided to play for the new powerhouse prep school, why he loves it and how much he loves playing for powerhouse hoops, and so much more. All coming up next and I promise you, you're not going to miss it. I'm excited to welcome one of the newest members of the Powerhouse Prep School, and Brett Hart Jr. to the fifth episode and the final episode of the Powerhouse series. How are you doing today?
1: Doing well, doing well. Glad to be here. Glad to talk about whatever you need me to.
0: Sweet. Let's get right into the first thing. Then, obviously, the Powerhouse started their own prep school this summer, and it's a pretty big deal now. So, why, what were your thoughts, and why did you decide to transfer there?
1: Um, the reason I transferred there was just to like prepare for college. Um, being at Rancho. I wasn't always given the best practices or the best opponents to go up against. But now at uh, Phoenix Prep, the practices are always intense. Every game that we play, we're going to be playing five-star recruits. And it's really just going to take my game to the next level.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's something that for some guys. I mean, this guys like Duran and Osa that truly, like, they can play at the regular school and they get the attention. But for a lot of people, the prep school is the best way. And even, I mean, it works at five-stars not five stars I mean, anyone can go and it truly really elevates them at prep schools.
1: Oh, exactly. That's exactly how I feel.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. So obviously just a little bit getting into it now, but how are you liking it so far?
1: Oh, I love it. I mean, like the practices are so intense. We got two a days, like it's so hard, but like, I just fell in love with the process. Like even the first two practices, like they were so tough to me that I even threw up, but like I got mm-hmm. right back out there and I'm like, wow, this is, this is how basketball really should be. And, mm-hmm. um, I love my teammates. Uh we just got back from Cal Baptist. I played pretty well and the team gelled well together. We're uh currently ten and one. So we're pretty happy about that. But we just we just want to keep winning and keep playing together.
0: That's awesome. So can you talk a little about some of the guys? I mean I know you guys got Trey, Kimani, DeAndre. I mean there's a lot of guys. Can you talk
1: about some of them? Oh yeah. Um so you know, I've been with Kimani all of Rancho. We're two great teammates for like with each other. Um he's calling out plays for me. I'm calling out plays with him. Like we always just love playing with each other. Uh Trey Donaldson. He wasn't with us this past weekend just because he's got he's got a little uh knee injury, but uh gotta love playing with him. He's always my buddy, like on the bus rides out there. Um Dre, Dre's just a big boy, big bruiser down there uh he's always looking to pass the ball rebound just be like the biggest part of our team uh gotta love being with Dre but yeah Mm -hmm. I mean like everybody on this team like I could go through and talk about all of them if I had to but yeah no we're all great teammates we never really fight we're always together and that's like the best part about the team
0: that's awesome so in your first year I mean obviously it's not going to be an easy like just go and dominate be the number one team in the nation but what are your expectations for the first year
1: I mean, I'm expecting to beat some of these big boy teams that we're going to play. I think we're just going to out-execute them. I think we're just going to we're just going to like out-hustle them, out-effort them just because the way our practices are and the way our team works, like we might not have five stars subbing in for five stars, but we're going to have some two stars subbing in for two stars that are just going to outwork those five stars and possibly get us a win. No doubt. So let's talk a little bit about
0: Rancho then. So what were the things you liked and you you learned in your first couple of seasons at Rancho?
1: Um, Well, my freshman year, I learned pretty much, like, how to be a bench player. Like, I wasn't really playing much. Um, I just had to be supportive and take a step back. And usually I'm on the floor, but that freshman year really taught me how to, like, be a leader off the floor and mediate any fights that we had as a team and just come in and contribute whenever I could step on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um then my uh my sophomore year, I learned a bit more how to how to struggle and get through it. Um I was struggling with some injuries, but uh then I came back, just played my heart out like against Finley Prep. I feel like that was one of my best games just because like I really carried the team and that was like the first time I really got to be a leader both on and off the floor. So that That was the main takeaway from this past Rancho season was just how to how to lead on and off the floor.
0: No doubt. I mean, that's something, too. I mean, when you look at like very rarely are there guys that come in as a freshman that can dominate me, it's your phenoms like Marvin or some of the only guys that can do that. So, I mean, getting that experience of being a a leading and learning how to be a leader on and off the court is key for the long term.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. Mm Because, I mean, even when I go into college, there's no promise as a freshman that I'm even going to play at all. Mm-hmm. but as long as I can contribute in some sort of way that's that's the big part of it
0: no doubt so what was it like he has one state what was that feeling like how was it
1: oh man it was it was a great feeling I mean it felt like surreal at first I'm like wow we really just played all of the playoffs won every single game started from being terrible in summer league to just being state champions it felt it felt amazing it was it was insane I can't even really describe it
0: mm, that's awesome I mean that's a good thing too I mean when you're talking about some guys that wait a couple years before they go to prep school I mean that's the big thing I mean a lot of people say because you go to prep school it's not the same school atmosphere not like it doesn't have that same state kind of feeling it's a whole other level but at the same yeah. time it's good to have the same experience as being a kid getting that experience
1: yeah no I, I agree but even sometimes like playing these five-star teams and possibly beating them, I mean, that, that could feel like a whole state championship within itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So, obviously, it's just a little early into this process. So, far. I guess only play, I think you said 10 or 11 games. Yeah. What would you say is the big difference between the AIA and playing in-state and then prep schools?
1: Well, I mean, with prep schools, I, you just play a lot better talent. Like, I know mm-hmm. on Rancho, we'd have 15 to 17 games that were just complete jokes. Like, we'd blow these teams out by 30 just because we're a 2A school. But mm-hmm. prep, it's it's always a good game. We're always playing good teams. And it's pretty much just consistent, which Rancho really wasn't.
0: Mm, no doubt. So what would you say would be some of the things, I mean, playing a powerhouse in terms of your club season, why did you choose to start playing with them?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, they're on the UAA circuit, got, like, great teammates. And it really just gives me and the rest of the team exposure, which – you can't really ask for any more out of a club team.
0: Mm-hmm, no doubt. So, what do you say? Some of your favorite parts, or the best memories about playing with them this year?
1: Oh man, there's there's a bunch. I mean, on the court, we uh, our wins in the UAA were always good. Um, just love the the little moments like Deron's posterizing dunk. Like those are all mm-hmm. those are all fun and games. But then, like even off the floor, we always have a good time. Like we'll uh coach will take our phones away so we gotta we gotta find our own way of fun so then we'll we'll just go walk around in random places uh talk to random people and uh kai and justice are always just <laughs> acting stupid and it's it's hilarious i mean we're just an overall funny weird team that's awesome <laughs>
0: So, I mean, obviously I actually just talked about some of that, but, I mean, playing with someone like Duran, I mean, you guys have, have a star, superstar Duran. You guys have a lot of guys that have big-name players in Arizona. What's it like playing alongside guys like Duran, Justice, all those kind of guys?
1: Oh, I mean, it's super fun. I mean, mm-hmm. especially on that kind of team, uh, anybody could go off at any given moment. I mean, I could go for 20. Duran could go for 20. I could go for two. Duran could go for 35. Justice could go for 30. Like, it's mm-hmm. just it, – I mean, the whole team is stacked from – the starters to the bench, anyone could go off at any given time. So, I, I mean, it's it's crazy. I've never really been a part of a team like that.
0: That's awesome. So how would you say that pra- practicing against those kind of guys, especially, I mean, I'm sure you don't necessarily match up against Duran bunch, but something like Justice and all. How does he help push you and those kind
1: of guys? I mean, we're always going hard. We never really go easy. So just being on the floor with them, I mean, you're, you always have to be mentally locked in. You got to mm-hmm. be with them or else they're going to hit a jumper on you. They're going to get a wide open layup. So you just got to stay mentally locked in. And it really helps prepare for whatever is going to happen in college or in this prep team. It just makes me more aware. Mm-hmm.
0: No doubt. So who would you say would be the best player you've played with so far in your career?
1: Uh, at my level, I'm going to say DeRon. I mean, he's just so long. He can shoot, he's really got it all. And I, I mean, I can't really complain about playing with him he chooses to share the ball even though he could go to the basket every time and that's just like my favorite part about playing with him
0: mm-hmm. absolutely I mean he was on a couple episodes ago I mean he just thought about that he loves playing the game of basketball and being as a team and always truly brings the team up to a whole other level because he has the potential like you said to do pretty much anything he wants on the court but it's truly the whole team effort which truly draws a lot of attention
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm. so
0: who do you say would be the best player you've played against so far
1: Played against I'd say uh hmm that's tough, I mean, I was at this uh little a s u uh combine the uh this past week, and we we're just playing with a bunch of overseas guys, and uh Jalen house was there mm-hmm. he was he was super quick, he could shoot the ball, he was very tough to play against, and then obviously one of my good friends. I play against him one on one all the time. Haven't really played him five on five, but Nico Nico mm-hmm. Mannion, yeah, I mean he's the most ridiculous player I've ever played against. I, yeah. he can he can hit the contested shot. He could get open when you don't think he could get open. He can make reads. He's got a high basketball IQ, high athleticism. He really mm-hmm. has the whole package.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean when Nico I'm a, I played against him when I was in eighth grade with against Rancho sometimes and all and he always had, like, in eighth grade, he had the insane shooting and the offensive, I mean, incredible talent and all. But yeah. once that was, like, freshman or sophomore year when he got to athleticism,
1: it was I mean, that's insane. when he just he
0: it took him to a whole nother level. You could, you literally couldn't stop him, especially at the high school level.
1: Yeah, no. It, yeah, he's, like, a glitch in the system, honestly. hmm Absolutely.
0: So who would you say you model your game around the most? Um,
1: I mean, I love Nico's game. I'm always training with him. I'm always trying to take little bits and pieces from his game and put them into mine. So uh, I'd say like at the high school level or now college level is probably Nico, Mm
0: -hmm. but uh,
1: in the NBA, I love uh, Goran Dragic. He's a, Mm -hmm. he's a white lefty like me. So anybody that I could see make it to a professional level and they play like me, I have to take bits and pieces from them. Just take little skills, little ideas from them and implement them into my game.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's honestly a pretty good comparison. I mean, when you look at Drogic, too, he's a very underrated player that – yeah. I mean, he's been an all-star, but no one really thinks of him as an all-star kind of player. But he's done so much that truly impacts the team, especially Miami Heat when he with the Suns, when he with the Rockets and so on.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. That's how I felt. I mean, I really saw him in a bunch of games as a, as a Suns player just because I used to go to mm-hmm. all those games. But, yeah, that's really when I fell in love with the game and uh, I fell in love with his game, too. So it was just – kind of perfect timing, and I've stayed with them ever since.
0: Mm-hmm. No doubt. So what would you say is one thing you really want to work on this offseason and how much have you actually improved on that thing?
1: Um, one thing I really wanted to work on was uh, my strength and uh, pulling up off the dribble and kind of getting to the basket a bit more because, I mean, in past years, like at Rancho and in Powerhouse, I've kind of just been a spot-up shooter. But um, mm-hmm. with the strength and athleticism aspects kind of coming to my game, I've been able to uh, pull up a little bit more, be more of a shot creator. And uh, I think I've definitely improved a little bit upon that. Like I, I'm working with Vaughn all the time. This guy, Phil Beckner, he really helps my shot. And I mean, it just pretty much opened up completely new aspects to my game just with those, with those little trainings. So I definitely think I improved upon those little aspects.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what would you say would be a dream college offer you could possibly receive?
1: Dream college, uh, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, Ivy. I'd love to go to Columbia, but okay. um, if I were to go to one of these uh, California schools, Stanford or uh, UCSB, those are those are my two favorites in the college side, okay. California side.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there any other colleges that are talking to you right now? But talk. I mean, talking about possibly having an offer or something.
1: Um, Columbia is a possibility. I'm going on a visit there in uh, like a week and a half. Okay. Um, but other than that, not yet, just because it's not June 15th, and that's when they mm-hmm. can really start to text my phone, call me, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So
0: talking about high school then, if there's one high school player that could be in the state, out of the state, who would you like to team up with?
1: I mean, he's not really in high school anymore, but Nico. I mean, I never mm-hmm. really got to play with him, but, I mean, he could just open up the floor and makes his teammates so much better. He's definitely the person that I'd want to team up with.
0: Oh, no doubt. I mean, he's definitely someone that could take anyone's game to another level. Like you said, he could look up and pass to anyone, hit him wide open. I mean, he does everything for anyone.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. He could do it all. He really Mm -hmm. could.
0: So who would you say is one of the most underrated players in the state?
1: Hmm, I'd have to say uh, Anthony Garza. I think he's, Mm -hmm. he's just like a dog on defense. He can get some offensive rebounds. He can finish around the rim. And, like, he's always the team player, and that's such an underrated aspect to someone's game. Um, mm. Yeah, I think, I think Garza should have way more offers than he does, and I just feel like he should get way more attention than he does.
0: hmm No doubt. So, talking about some NBA stuff now, who is your favorite NBA team?
1: NBA team, I like the Suns just because they're local and I get to go see their games.
0: hmm How about your favorite player? Goran Dragic. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else you'd say? Or on the Suns or anything?
1: Um, on the Suns, I love D Book just because of the way he plays. I mm. mean, it's he's so smooth, so, gotta love D Book.
0: Absolutely. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the Suns then. Obviously, they didn't get the second pick, or some people wanted. They thought it was <laughs> six, but. What would you say would, would you would what would you want them to do? Trade for like some like Lonzo or Dimwitty or some other veteran guard or draft some like Garland or what would you want to see happen?
1: I mean, I want to I want to get Darius Garland. I think he's going to be a special talent, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he'd fit in perfectly with like the Suns' core just cuz he's a pass-first guy. He could he could create by himself. He could create within the offense and I feel like that'd really fit well with the Suns.
0: No doubt. How about free agency wise? Retain Ubre or someone else or what do you
1: think? I mean, I, I can't really tell. Like, free agency, I definitely want to keep Oubre just because I feel like he played so well with us. But mm-hmm. then he's also he's going to cost a fat rack for us to keep just because of how well he played this past season. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, no doubt. Yeah, I don't I can't really tell what the Suns are going to do in free agency. But, mm. I mean, if we can't secure a, a good pick in the draft, then I guess we might have to go pick up a point guard in free agency.
0: True. And I think... I mean, it'd be. I don't know how you don't really re-sign Uber, especially with the fact that. I mean, if they could get a superstar, I mean that'd be great. But I don't know the odds of them getting them, especially with all the big markets having so much money. But we'll have to yeah, see.
1: Exactly. I mean, we have the worst owner in all of sports. So. <laughs>
0: so how about free instance, now? It's a big off season, probably one of the biggest in sports history. To be honest, where do you think Kevin Durant's going to go?
1: Uh, I mean, it, I mean, it kind of depends. But if he doesn't stay with the Warriors, I see him going to either the Knicks or the Nets, one of those New York teams, just to, Mm -hmm. like, kind of stretch out, go to the Eastern Conference where he could have, like, a little bit easier of a path. And um, he can kind of solidify his legacy over there.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, if he potentially went to the Clippers, which I think could also be another good fit, I mean, that would be crazy because, honestly, the whole Western Conference would just end up being California. I mean, between LeBron, whoever (laughs) he has in the Lakers, Curry and Golden State, him and... If it could be him and Kawhi potentially in Clippers, and then of course Bagley and De'Aaron Fox keep developing on Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, that would I mean, that that could would be crazy. Nuts. I
1: never even thought of that, but whew, mm-hmm. that could be deadly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope he goes to the East, especially my Nets and all. But I mean, seeing him versus Giannis in a conference finals would be something special for a few years.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So how about Kawhi Leonard? Where do you think he's gonna go?
1: I think he's staying. I mean, mm-hmm. the rumors of him buying a house already in Toronto. Uh, that I mean. That's exactly what happened with LeBron in L.A. They said, oh, LeBron got a house in L.A. And guess what happened? He went to L.A. Like, I think he's definitely mm. going to stay in Toronto. Yeah,
0: I mean, I thought if they didn't make the finals, he'd leave and all. But I don't – I mean, I wouldn't say he's stupid to leave if he went to the Clippers or somewhere. But I wouldn't – I don't understand why he would do that if you're on a contending team and a, literally a whole country's behind you. Exactly. And I mean, you are I mean, you're, the, you're bigger than just a celebrity. I mean, I know he's not a guy that wants attention, but – I don't know how you pass that up.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, no no fan base will embrace you more than what they're doing right now.
1: Exactly. I mean, you have old country, like you said. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. So Kyrie Irving, I mean, he's
0: one of the guys that's kind of on the borderline. He seems to change almost every week. But where do you think he's going to end up?
1: I think he's going to the Lakers. I think him and LeBron want to team up again, see what they can do, if they can make any damage back in the NBA Finals. That's That's my guess.
0: Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome to see.
1: Yeah. And how about Jimmy Butler? Do you think he's staying in Philly or is he going to leave? I haven't really thought of Jimmy Butler. I have no mm-hmm. idea where he could be thinking of going, but I don't. I don't really see him staying in Philly just because I think he thinks that he should have a larger role in the team. So mm-hmm. I don't know. If I were to yeah. guess, probably a New York team. I'd say. Yeah. I'd say the Knicks. Mm,
0: I mean, that's the crazy thing. Like, like you said, I mean, no one really thinks about – I mean, I don't think Jeremy Butler's got any attention or Tobias or Melton or a lot of these guys that are all-stars, but it's like that's how good the free agency class is that yeah. those guys – I mean, those guys would be hyping up for about an entire year usually, but now we don't even talk about them because you got KD, Kawhi, and Kyrie all there.
1: Exactly.
0: And then the final guy, who do you think Anthony Davis will be traded to?
1: Oh, I mean, what I'm hoping is that the Suns trade for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because um, there was a there was a little rumor that we'd trade like the whole ship for him, like uh, <laughs> Josh Jackson, TJ Buckets, and our pick for him, and mm-hmm. I'd I'd quite honestly be fine with that. I think we could go out find a find anyone in a free agency just to fill the point guard spot and see if we could roll with them.
0: Yeah, I mean my only thing I think the only way they do it is if they involve Henson, H-M, which would be. If you do all that with H, it might be a little bit of a gamble, but it's Anthony Davis, but...
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, if he could stay out of injury, that could be huge.
0: Mm-hmm. The only risk I'd say would be... Ho- the only way I trade for him, you have to make sure he resigns, because if he doesn't do that, it might be a little problem.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So the final thing I'd like to talk then about, a little bit of God stuff, and also, how do you say God has helped you through your career so far?
1: I mean, he's obviously blessed me with a an awesome family that in an awesome situation where I could just go downstairs and play basketball, go work on my craft. And uh, obviously my family loves to uh, help out the powerhouse program. So, I mean, it just provided me with like a really privileged situation to where my opportunities are endless. Like I could could quit basketball right now and go do something and my family would be right behind me. I know all my friends would be right behind me, but overall they just provided me – and God just provided me with an awesome situation that I can't really, I can't complain about. And it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful scenario for me. No doubt. I mean, that's something when,
0: I mean, a lot of people think of God. I mean, they think of, like, the miracle. They think of what he does in their day-to-day life. A lot of people don't really think about that part. I mean, he truly does bless people with a family that supports them. That's definitely more than just a blessing.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Well, it's
0: been great having you on today, and I can't wait to see where God brings your career and where the first season of Powerhouse Prep School goes. Best of luck.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. God bless. Wow. Through this past week, big-time hirings have been made, another head coaching vacancy has been hired, and bored of some things to talk about that. So, stay tuned, everyone, as I've got some big things that you're not going to miss what I'm to say. So, stay tuned. So I'm going to start off with the head coach hiring. Memphis Grizzlies have finally hired the head coach, and boy, was it a shocker. Not many people saw this, but Taylor Jenkins, the Milwaukee assistant coach, is now the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, and he'll have the task and the ability to play and learn how to make the system around Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, and whatever they get out of Mike Conley. It's going to be exciting to see what he has to do. But all I can say is, no, he wasn't a big-name person. Not many people even saw this hiring coming. Undercoach buddies now had Quinn Steiner, Kenny Atkinson and now Taylor Jenkins as the head coaches off of his tree. Pretty impressive tree for not, not being a head coach for too long now. And obviously Kenny Atkinson and Quinnsteiner are among the two of the best co- head coaches in the NBA. So we have a very interesting see what he does in Memphis. I have a lot of respect for now for what Memphis has built and I think he's going to hopefully fit in perfectly as Chris Wallace in the front office out in Memphis has put together a great roster. As for San Antonio, they continue to lose people. Ettore Massini now becomes a new head coach over in Italy, as he is going to be. He's been the lead assistant since i 14. He now has, He's wanted to be the head coach for a while. We've seen him get quite a few head coaching job opportunities and interviews. None of them really, of course, come out and pan out to be what they really wanted it to be. That being said, though, he is now going to be a new head coach out in Italy. I wish him the best. I mean, he's been a very great head coach. as I said this era is really coming to the end, and in San Antonio, and it's really sad to see. But overall, you couldn't be more excited for the path that's all heading in. I mean, it's truly going to be something special and exciting to see. Obviously, San Antonio's lost many different guys like Yudoka and many other people. It's going to continue to be like that because that's the San Antonio Spurs. They, they've been used to it, though. Heading to the New Orleans Pelicans, they've now hired Swin Cash as the Vice President of Basketball Operations and as team development and as a President of team, op, team Development. She was a former UConn star and Women's NBA star. Great hiring. She's been a very well-recognized basketball figure, especially with the Women's NBA, of course, and she's done a couple front office stuff now big time hiring side of space. She, what she can do get more and more women into the market in the NBA. Speaking of incredible women's hirings in the NBA, former Cal women's head coach Lindsey Gottlieb has now become an assistant coach on John Beeline's head coaching on his staff in the Cleveland Cavaliers. She's now become the first women's college head coach to join an NBA staff. It's truly an incredible honor to see that this continues to occur to the NBA as women get more and more involved in defeating Becky Hammond and others do. I'm excited to see this continues to grow. As this continues to occur, I think also John Beeline has a bunch of college people on his staff, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and they got bigger staff than others, but it's truly going to be a fun process to see what occurs out in Cleveland. Lastly, Sacramento Kings have also now hired Phoenix head, former head coach Igor Kokoskov to become a member of the Luke Walton's staff. I truly think it's a great hire. Igor Kokoskov is definitely an NBA quality assistant coach so it's not meant to be an NBA head coach, at least at this point, or at least to coach the Phoenix Suns, as that did not go well, as I said, but to be an assistant coach on Luke Walton's staff, couldn't agree more with that. Great hiring by Sacramento Kings, and that's what I've got for you guys this week in terms of the coaching update. We'll see, and I'll keep you guys up to date on what else continues to occur throughout the next couple of days and kind of the next episode, so stay tuned, everyone. Lastly, following the win by the Toronto Raptors of the NBA championship, Washington announced that they are preparing to now- to give Masai Ujiri an offer of $10 million per year contract to become the new president of basketball operations over in Washington. That's huge. This will reset the market for general managers, the NBA, and all sports leagues forever. $10 million per year for a general manager is insane. And does he deserve it? Most definitely. But I believe that general managers are getting more and more respect than they deserve for orchestrating and constructing the entire championship rosters, or in the fact of tanking and not making good rosters. They are held at high standards, and this is their team. I think they deserve more and more money because this team all starts with them. They do the deals, they get the contracts done, they get it all done the owners pay for it, yes. but Masai Ujiri, Washington would be a great place, he can once again rebuild a dynasty. But I think he has to stay. He has to stay. Why go to Washington? To once again give yourself another challenge? Maybe. But you've just built yourself a team, and you've got a big enough challenge this summer in terms of retaining Kawhi, retaining Lowry, retaining Mbaka, retaining all these guys. If you're in trade, Lowry, I mean, whatever you're going to do, there's tons of move Danny Green, so on and so on. I gotta see what he wants to do, but once again, he could walk away as an NBA champion and restart another thing, and not to deal with the problems in in Toronto. We'll see, but in my opinion, he's got to stay in Toronto Raptors, but whatever works for him, he knows what he's doing. He's the best general manager in the NBA at this moment, and you can't debate that or dispute that. He won the NBA champion, and there's nothing else to do. It's crazy to think about that, and Masai Ujiri, once again, he is the best general manager in all the NBA right now. The NBA Draft is getting closer and closer and I cannot wait to get my full episode of the draft review, but at this point in time, I want to give you guys how it's looking right now and some of the behind the scenes going on before the draft happens, so stay tuned to see what my thoughts are and what's going on across the NBA. First things first, Atlanta is now trying to trade up to draft Jared Culver. I think this is a great pairing. I've said this before, I think him pairing with Trey Young, Kevin Heater, John Collins would be spectacular, especially if you can also have Bobo. We talked about the trading up in the picks, but that's who they reportedly are targeting to trade up for. We've said they want to get in the five pick range around there. Phoenix Suns are also very much intrigued with him, but we'll see what happens there. Zion also met with the New Orleans Pelicans, pretty much locking that one. And Jaws also met with the New York Knicks in case maybe RJ does go too as a surprise pick there. But I think it is locked in as I have said, Zion, then Jaws, followed by RJ. But the big news, something that I should lock everyone. Zion is in fact suing Gina Ford and the Prime Sports to help to help end an agreement he signed because he thinks the deal was unlawful. Obviously big news, no one really saw this coming. Reports recently came in Friday afternoon or Thursday afternoon. We'll see what this continues to develop out as. Not sure the exact details of what happened and why, but clearly he's upset. Clearly him and his agency and what's going on right now is upset and now, is this something you want, your player that you're possibly going to draft, being involved in legal issues a couple of weeks, a couple of days before the NBA draft? No, of course not. But Zion Williamson, you know he's going number one, he doesn't really have to worry about anything else, he's not even going to go do an interview or anything with any other teams anymore, it's set in stone, he's going to New Orleans, so it's not much to worry about in terms of that. Just hope it gets solved, I mean, obviously it's not something you want from a young player we get involved in right now, but it's not the biggest deal, I think it's going to be solved quickly, whatever it is, it's going to be a done deal quickly, so... Look for this to be solved quickly and just get ready for the NBA draft as I am. And It's one of my favorite days of the year, you guys all know, and I'm going to have a big-time episode discussing that coming soon. You're not going to miss it. I think you guys all love it. Shoe Zone coming up next. Fan favor. I've got some big-time things to talk about from this past week, and one that's truly really heartbreaking as the more and more players continue to retire. You guys might know who I'm hinting at, but one way to find out. Stay tuned. Shoe Zone coming up next. First topic is shoe zone. I just gotta get right into it. I'm not gonna save it for the last one, but it's the biggest news of the week besides the KD injury. And that's the fact that Tony Parker has indeed retired from the NBA. It's sad, but I'm glad and happy for him. He quote, and I quote, he said, I can't be Tony Parker anymore. This does, in fact, indeed conclude in a great era, one of the greatest eras, and one of the greatest big threes ever to play, in terms of Tim Duncan, Manu Noble and Tony Parker. They had a 701 Regular season wins, which is the most among any other team in NBA history. Obviously, they won multiple championships. This is truly an unforgettable, great team led by Coach Pop and R.C. Buford and all the staff in San Antonio. I wish Tony Parker the best. I would be shocked if you don't see him as a head co- as a coach or assistant coach or something with Spurs or somewhere in the NBA soon. I mean, he's he's an incredible coach, an incredible person ever since they forced the issue that occurred early on in his career. Now, obviously, I talked about Team USA last week. I think it was a great thing, whatever, but we've also found out three more guys have been added to the team in the training camp, Tobias Harris, Kyle Lowry, and Miles Turner, all respectively, of course, of the Philadelphia 76ers or free agent Tobias Harris, Kyle Lowry, and the Toronto Raptors, and Indian Pacers, Miles Turner. We'll see what they do, who makes the team, who doesn't. I think Kyle Lowry will be another good veteran just to have on the team, especially coming off the championship, if he wants to play. Tobias obviously can space the four and Turner has led the NBA in blocks, with the biggest stub in my opinion, from the all-defensive team. Morgan Williams decided to pick up his $15 million option to remain with Charlotte Hornets. Obviously, once again, locking up more and more money for Mitch Cup checking the Charlotte Hornets. Houston Rockets decided to claim down to Davis off waivers, the third year Big Man will be playing for the Rockets next year if he makes the roster, he'll be on there for training camp and all. I like the addition. I mean, is it going to boost them to the finals or a whole level team? No. But is it a solid addition? Yes. What they did with like Kenneth kind of three, what they can do with Capella, a potential Capella new mix or a new person? Could very well be. I like Andrew Davis a lot. I thought he slipped in the draft. I don't think anyone's giving him the right chance. In a few games he had to show in Atlanta, he did pretty solid. PG13, Paul George, of course, already had his successful left surgery this past week. We'll see how that works out. They said hopefully he'll be ready by training camp, but they at least by the beginning of the season he will be ready to go. Tyler salt also like to remain with Milwaukee. He said that, and I quote on Thursday: "Big time thing. He said he just he wants to remain with them. Wants to resign. He likes what they're doing there." The big thing right there is that he will not be retiring. We will at least see one more year of power, which is big time. Of course, of having NBA lose so many players this past this past offseason already due to their retirement. Finally, interesting news: Washington Wizards have decided to add a courtside patio. This seating will allow fans to sit somewhere and socialize, and they'll be right only a few steps away from the Wizards bench. It's interesting. because i have seen the blueprints on CBS's Instagram page, I believe, on others as well. It's something where they're gonna have like a literally a socialized pace, a talk you can sit around and get drinks, almost like a bar atmosphere right next to the game. It might it's gonna definitely change the atmosphere in an NBA game, not to necessarily where I like it, but it might be an interesting thing to attract more and more fans there. A new thing. I just don't like it in terms of it's changing the way basketball is being played, and it's not gonna be able to I mean it's it's gonna be like a bar atmosphere. It's not gonna be like the NBA intensity that I like. We'll see how it works out. They will be adding this for this next upcoming season. We'll see what's going on, but for this week, in this episode, this is all I got for Shoe Zone. Stay tuned. I know you guys all love this part of the show. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And I cannot wait to get in the next episode. Only one way step stay up to date. This is going to be a big announcement I'm having very soon. If you guys have already seen it or know about it, then congratulations but go check out my Twitter and Instagram to see what that announcement is and how much and how you guys can get involved in that along with also seeing what the future guests are what different things you guys to talk about the different topics how to do voice messages and so much more go follow my Instagram and Twitter as Zach Shoemaker you can also go to my Facebook page and YouTube at Shoes Views, Shoemaker go like or subscribe whatever it is that keeps shoesviews growing now a big-time thing that you guys don't even understand how much it helps go subscribe go like go comment go give a five-star go applaud Go do whatever it needs to do to please help grow shooter views. It means the world to me, and I hope you guys can be a part of this journey with me. I truly do appreciate it. Go do any of those, depending on the platform you may be listening on. Voice messaging, no longer advertising, but I just want you guys to know. Last week we had the first episode we had the first one. I hope we can continue this because I love voice messaging. I want to hear what you guys have to say. If you guys have any questions, go DM me, go mess text message me, whatever it is. I'll let you guys know how to do it. I'd love to hear from you guys on voice messaging and you guys can be on the anger episode. I don't think you guys want to miss out on that. Big announcement, though. Next series, we'll be having a Team Harden series. James Harden's team and his squad will be kicked off with Xavier Ducelle, and you're not going to miss what he has to say. Episode drops Monday at midnight, like always. You're not going to miss it. It's going to be another big-time series. I just want to give another big-time shout-out to Powerhouse. Thanks for promoting it. Thanks for doing this series. I hope you guys all enjoy it as well. Big-time thing best of luck to the rest of your guys' season and for the AAU, and of course, with the next Prep Hoop series you guys are going to be going on with. Along with that, shoot is out, guys. Go be the light, and God bless. The three-peat is over. Golden State is done. Toronto represents are a new NBA champion, and boy, was that a series they will never forget. Many people have now cleaned Hall of Fame ballots, in my opinions, and a lot of things have changed for the Golden State Warriors. Get my opinion coming up next. You're not going to miss it. Toronto Raptors won against the Golden State Warriors in the very last game I ever played at Oracle, 114-110, to 110. big time performance, wow, I'm still in shock. So first off, I just want to give big props to Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Saul, Featherman Vleet, Ibaka, Dan and Nick Nurse, Masai Ujiri, and the whole squad. That being said, before I go any further, I need to make one thing clear. In my opinion, there's not a single NBA champion I'll ever discredit. You just want to say make fun of the Golden State Warriors? Well I'm sorry, that is a legit championship team. Nothing about it. I don't debate it. They won a championship. They have the best roster. That's my opinion. In this case scenario, yes. They didn't even play close to the healthy roster. Golden State's best player, third best player. I mean, Iggy Dawg was out a few games. Livingston was out games. I mean, Looney was out, everyone's out. But you know what? Toronto Raptors won the series. Plain and simple. But for those of you that want to go and discredit the Warriors and say those are asterisks or asterisk Championships next KD's championship next to Curry, then you better give Asterix next to the Toronto Raptors series. Plain and simple. With that being said, let's move on to the next thing. In this in this playoffs, in this finals, I think finals are the most important playoffs are the second most important finals are the most important thing in terms of a player's career. Someone like Kawhi Leonard took his game from being a very good player to potential go conversation down the line five to ten years continues this can he not two Finals mvps with two different teams one of the only kareem jewel jabbar and lebron to ever do it he's only 27 by the way two rings two time defensive player of the year multiple all defensive teams multiple multiple time all-star what else do you want to say for him for him i think he's officially i think he already did but he's locked in he's a first battle hall of famer in my opinion I think Kyle Lowry is now locked in a Hall of Fame ch- ch- chance. He will not be a first foul, but he could have the potential to do it. But he's now an NBA champion. I started on that team and was big time this game. He showed everyone that he's not trash. Now, was he a little overrated? Yes. But is he trash? Absolutely not. Next up, Ibaka. Right now, he's not an NBA Hall of Famer whatsoever. But if he continues this and he can get a couple more rings. There might just be a chance that he makes it someday, many, 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 many years down the line. Because of the chance, times he's been in the finals, times his contributions. not saying it's probably going to happen, but he has a chance. I do think Microsoft's locked in in Hall of Fame now. I do believe that. Of course, we know KD, Curry, Clay, Draymond, and the crew, dollar, They're all Hall of Fame players. I think Dollar did lock it in as well. Boogie, we'll have to see. He doesn't have a ring now. And the way he played was good, but not good. We'll see where it goes and how that turns out. But I think he will be a big free now. And I don't know, folks, I just gotta talk about this now. Clay Thompson is scaring me. Clay Thompson goes down, I think Laker plans are done. I think Nick, I think at me, if Clay goes down, we we'll might have issues. This might be the way Golden State retains everyone, but this is not good. Seeing the amount of injuries just went down is scary and not good for the NBA. Especially not good for any of these teams. It, it was scary to see that happen. I hope it's not an ACL, but I have a feeling it might just be that. I hope it's not. But I want to emphasize on this Toronto Raptors team. Obviously, I've already talked about Masayu Jiri. Big time deal. I don't know if he's going to take it, but I think Toronto will have to go pay him a lot more this summer. But also, just the way he built this team, this reminds me of the Toronto 15 Warriors. They got stars, and they got the depth, strength, and numbers that other Warriors team was. You see guys going down the list just being very good players. Remind me so much of this. Once again, Masai Ujiri needs all the credit in the world because right now, he's the best general manager in the NBA. He built he the Team 1 championship. That's always the best general manager, is it not? Plain simple, we'll see what happens. Also going down this, having Toronto do it. Now four out of the five Atlantic teams have all won an NBA championship. The only team left is, of course, the Brooklyn Nets, which we'll see. But impressive win for Toronto Raptors. Congratulations on getting the first ever championship. Obviously, we'll see what Kevin Durant does. We'll see what Clay does. I'll have a whole NBA free and update down the line. But we'll see what happens. Toronto's got a big issue to deal with this summer as well, especially at the head of it with Masai Ujiri. But boy, was this a great finals, And boy, can I be, not be any more excited for Toronto and the, city of Canada, and the city of Toronto and all that. I mean, it's big time. Absolutely big time. I mean, we'll have to see what goes down once again. But this, what just went down, is absolutely incredible, and I couldn't give more props to the Toronto Raptors and their entire organization from top to bottom.